Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. here on the sports complex on the horn we're going to talk a lot more nfl we'll get into a little bit more texas football as well and whatever you guys want to talk about on the text line 512-447-3776 we already talked some college basketball some nba played you that interview from jerry hamilton from this morning a bunch of really good stuff uh coming up on all of that uh so join the text line also the poll of the day on the text line Uh, If you've got nothing else you want to talk about, uh, who's your favorite point guard of all time? Who is your favorite point guard of all time? 512-447-3776 is that text line number. Let us know. It doesn't have to be the best. Just your favorite. Just your favorite. I like this one I see right here. Favorite point guard, Jason Williams, number 55, Sacramento Kings, late 90s, early 2000s, white chocolate from Mike. Yes, I uh, I was a big fan of Jason Williams when he was playing too. That was right in my sweet spot of just really over over obsessing about the NBA at that point. Uh, but yeah, that was he was he was really good. Unfortunately for him, it was just he never quite got it together when he was in Sacramento with that team. Where he was really good, but when they got Mike Bibby in there, he was much more of the coach on the court. And so, as good as Jason Williams was, Mike Bibby helped that team be a better team. But yeah, Jason, he was so much fun to watch. Like he was the the you know, Ray for Alston got in too and was in Skip to My Lou, Ray for Alston, but Jason Williams was the closest thing to like a street baller with some of the stuff he would do. He had that ba- the elbow pass and stuff, just really good. I he was a lot of fun to watch. And that Kings team was a ton of fun to watch too. Vladdy Divac just ripping butts in the bathroom before games and a halftime. <laughs> <laughs> just smoking everywhere. Uh, Mike in Omaha says, Magic Johnson and Penny Hardaway. I wonder what Penny would have been if he stayed healthy. I do too, Mike in Omaha. I do too wonder what would have happened to Penny Hardaway. I, he was so great. I mean, like you just think if Penny Hardaway and Grant Hill could have kept playing at the level they were playing at early in their career, that like just two guys that you can look at that injuries cut short. And if they had been a little bit later, it probably like the, the, the med- the advances in medicine, they could have probably played a lot longer with with m- better ability, but it just sapped so much of their athleticism when they did that. 
Uh, we'll get back to the text line in just a minute. If you did not see the news, uh, Texas is expected to hire Dolphins assistant D-line coach Kenny Baker. That is looking to be the new D-line coach for Texas. The reports are that he is a elite developer of talent and uh, is a very much a go-getter and has a ton of energy, which you need if you're a Texas coach or a college coach in general uh, with recruiting and everything else. That is the report is Kenny Baker will be coming in. You could believe that Rod Wright may have been on that list, uh, but with the Texans, Rod Wright uh, is the assistant D-line coach. They have let their their D-line coach go. Uh, the Texans did. It looks like they're going to be retaining Rod Wright. The reports were that they were working on a deal to make him the D-line coach there. So there could have been that he was possibly leaving, and they decided he came over with those guys Rod Wright did with D'Amico Ryans. Uh, they could see a lot in him, which, you know, if he gets promoted to the Texans uh, D-line coach, it'll tell you uh, another one of those pieces that at least Texas has good eyes and uh, good scouting of of coaching as well, which they've done, by the way, to Shard Choice, uh, Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson both on the uh, the all rookie team for uh, for the NFL that the list that came out. So Tashar Choice got to be loving that list today. Uh, but that is your new coach, your new D line coach for Texas, expected to be. I've not seen the official announcement from Texas, but all signs are saying Kenny Baker, the assistant D line coach from the Dolphins, will be hired as the next D line coach for the University of Texas. Right before we came on the air today, Raheem Morris was hired as the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, that will have multiple <laughs> ramifications, but that also means Raheem Morris, who is one of the top candidates for the commander's job, one of the top candidates for the Seattle job, and one of the top candidates for the Atlanta job, uh, decides to go to Atlanta. He had been with Atlanta from 2015 to 2020. In 2020, he took, who's a defensive coordinator, took over when Dan Quinn uh, was relieved of his duties in Atlanta, took over them as the interim head coach, a lot of people felt he should have been given the opportunity then to be hired as an ex-coach. They go with Arthur Smith at that time. He goes on to L.A. to work with Sean McVay. That happens. He is. They immediately say, we need, we need him back uh, in 2024. He is going back to Atlanta now uh, where he has connections there. He knows the people. And I, I mean, what you can say is he is a very beloved coach, uh, very well respected uh, to get his chance as a head coach now. Uh, he was a he was a head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks from 2009 to 2011. That's how he got the interim job with the Falcons. Uh, but that's you know he has a lot more years underneath him now to get a little bit better uh, understanding of what it means to be a head coach. Got to work with a couple more really good head coaches as well. So Raheem Morris there in in Atlanta, but that means Bill Belichick, where his you know expected landing site was Atlanta. That is now off the table. He has not interviewed anywhere else. Now, the two teams that are still looking, Seattle and Washington, could make a phone call and say, well, we didn't think you were going to come here anyway. And, I mean, we know Seattle, I don't think, has any need or any desire to bring him in. I don't think you replace Pete Carroll with Bill Belichick. That seems like it just doesn't seem like the move you're going to make. Washington, it could make a move, but I think they're looking for a more long-term replacement. And for Bill Belichick, it may not be the the place he needs to go to get those wins in the next four or five years. Uh, so they may not be looking for that. They may be looking for a different uh, mind in there and not somebody who wants to take over so much of the operations. And that's what you have to figure it comes down to in Atlanta was Bill Belichick wanted a bit more control than they were willing to give up. That I mean, you know, we'll see more reports coming out, but you feel that the people, that there was enough people in the organization 
to say this guy wants to come in and change almost everything he wants to bring in. And, you know, it could end up too. He wants to bring Josh McDaniels, and that guy's so toxic right now that they didn't want to bring him in. Or he could have wanted to bring in Matt Patricia, and his name is not going very well right now. That you know, They say, well, if that's your, your solution is bringing these guys who have failed at every other place, and without Tom Brady, we don't have our quarterback, and you don't want to draft a quarterback, or whatever, whatever solution Bill Belichick had, uh, I guess it wasn't enough for them to come to terms uh, the Chargers did come to terms with Jim Harbaugh. They are going all in on Harbaugh, who's going to have a lot of say in what happens there. If Atlanta doesn't do it with Bill Belichick. Harbaugh, that news came down at the very end of uh, of our show. Shout out to Brock Bollinger for, uh, for <laughs> tweeting in that news or texting me that news uh, here on the text line with <laughs> four or five minutes left to go in the show. We got that out to you. Uh, but they hired Jim Harbaugh. The rumors are that he's going to try and bring in Jesse Minter, who is his defensive coordinator at, at uh, Michigan. Reports are that. And also reported Greg Roman, the uh, offensive coordinator for the Ravens that made Lamar Jackson want to get out of town, that he may be coming in as the offensive coordinator. None of that's been set yet. None of that's been done. But Harbaugh has been announced as the next coach of the San Diego Chargers, or Los Angeles Chargers. Sorry, I still get stuck in that. The Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, but it's uh, big news there. I think that's a good hire for the Chargers who have you know traditionally kind of gone in a more conservative route with the coach. This is going to be a massive change for them. This is going to be a huge step in you know in a direction that they have to decide where they want to go as a head coach. Uh, it's, a, it's an organization, but they are so pot committed in some of these contracts and the trade for Khalil Mack, and you have Bosa there. Like You just have a lot of pieces. You have to decide what you're going to do with Austin Eckler. I don't know if he's going to be the guy that you decide to go with or they go with a bit more of a, a, a bruiser at that running back position. You know what Harbaugh is going to bring in there. He wants to play smash-mouth football. Uh, that's what he likes to do. That's what he did in San Francisco. That's what you assume he's going to be trying to do here in LA with the Chargers. So it's going to be big. It's going to be a big step in a change for the Chargers, who I don't know if Brandon Staley really had much of a culture there. I don't know how much he brought in to this Chargers team, but that means that he is now off the board. It's a lot of people off the board for these other teams in Washington and uh, Seattle who are hiring coaches, but Harbaugh now there in in Los Angeles, the Panthers have made their head coaching hire, which was somewhat of a surprise too. They may have gotten the phone call this morning that they were looking at Raheem Morris as well, and that was not going to pan out. So they go ahead and make a move that was somewhat surprising. It's a fast riser. Uh, you know, this could go into people that not want to work with Dave Tepper, people not wanting to work in an organization that is firing coaches left and right. And it could go to that this is somebody that you know they really think is the guy. They hire uh, Dave Canales. Uh, he basically was with the Seahawks from 2010 to 2022, uh, go, building up through that organization. He comes over and takes over last year as the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, trying to re, uh, rebuild a system after Tom Brady's exit from it that a lot of people felt was not going to do much. He, within the season, got it playing better, and it should tell you the respect level that the Panthers have for Baker Mayfield, that Baker Mayfield went to the Panthers to rejuvenate his career and take another chance. They Matt Rule throws him under the bus, keeps benching him. Uh, 
they never can get him going there. He ends up there. He's working on the practice squad, running as a defensive lineman at points in a tight end, like just stupid stuff that you do to a quarterback that still has something left in the tank. And I get he wasn't playing at a high level, but you shouldn't have him not using the quarterback part of his abilities. Uh, he goes to Tampa Bay. So they say, well, we brought you in. We brought in Baker Mayfield, and we thought he was terrible. And now we see him in the playoffs. Everybody's talking high about him. Who's his offensive coordinator? And Dave Canellis gets the job. I don't know if that's as far as it goes. <laughs> I'm assuming they put more work into this. Dan Morgan and David Tepper. But an interesting hire for uh, for the Panthers, bringing him in. It, 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 you'll, we'll see if, who he brings in. His staff is going to be interesting, too, as somebody who may bring in some younger guys. We saw with D'Amico Ryans, he was not somebody who wanted to bring in necessarily the old heads of football. He wanted to do things his way and brought in his staff and the people he wanted to bring in. Uh, we'll see if Dave Canales has that, uh, that authority to bring in his own staff or if they give him some older people and some more experience on there. Or if they let him go out and try and find some of these really good young talents in the NFL will be an interesting thing to see with the Panthers hiring the rest of their staff. Speaking of a coach who may be out, the Chargers with hiring Jim Harbaugh means that Kellen Moore, uh, in the for the second time in two years, has been told, why don't you go find yourself another job? Remember when the Cowboys a year ago basically didn't want to fire him? They didn't want to put a firing on his record. They didn't want it. They still liked him. So they said, you know, we're we're kind of moving on. We want Mike McCarthy to call the plays. So why don't you go find another job? He goes to Sandy or to LA. Doesn't end up happening there. He doesn't have a great season as the offensive coordinator. Not a bad season, but definitely not the season that he was hoping to have uh, in in LA with the Chargers. He has now got interviews though with the Browns, where he'd be Deshaun Watson and you know working under Stefanski, which you don't know how much you know after. After everything that happened there this off this season and what they were able to do, I don't know if you're going to say that that's the place where he wants to go in and step into that. You know, those are some pretty big shoes. Or he could go the other team uh, requesting an interview with Kellen Moore, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles have already basically brought in Vic Fangio. They were able to get him out of his deal in Miami to have him come back because he said he wants to be closer to home. So they bring in Vic Fangio, who's a great hire for the Eagles there. But if they bring in Kellen Moore to this Eagles organization just to try and go after Jerry. I think that might kill Jerry, guys. So you may want that. I don't wish any will on Jerry Jones, but that may kill him if Kellen Moore ends up on the Eagles. Uh, and that's apparently he is interviewing for that Eagles offensive coordinator position. That will be coming up. Sirianni said he's willing to give up play-calling duties. He wants to go play-calling duties. Uh, Kellen Moore could bring in some different ideas. He's shown that he has. Uh, he's made Dak Prescott – prolific in at least bad games I don't know if I, I I'm not as big on the Kellen Moore train as others uh, but he is apparently interviewing with the Eagles and the Browns uh, there are still a couple of coaching jobs available for uh, the NFL right now the Falcons get there guys they had interviewed 15 candidates seven second interviews did a very exhaustive search now the commanders and Seahawks are starting to look in that realm, but they don't. Uh, a, a hiring is not expected till early next week at the earliest for either one of these teams. Uh, they're going to kind of play it out. Wait till the end of this playoff series. Go talk to some more. If uh, you know if Ben Johnson comes out, that's another name that a lot of people have talked to. Aaron Glenn uh, from the Lions. If those if the Lions do not advance, 
that may be where one of these teams decides to go is one of the uh, Lions coordinators. I know both teams are interested in that. There's also reports uh, for either team that has been looking at Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn's talked to both teams, that he could be part of a deal with Chip Kelly, that Dan Quinn may bring in Chip Kelly as his offensive coordinator and try and give him another run in the NFL after you know he's rejuvenated himself in college, but he's also the one that had the the speech of how to fix college football, and I don't think anybody was listening to him in power, so he may say, screw it, I'm going back to the NFL too. Uh, and Dan Quinn and Chip Kelly would be an interesting pair, uh, pair of different football minds, but I feel like both of them are pretty easy to figure out. Or not easy, but for NFL talk, people can figure them out. That would be an interesting one. I kind of want to see it happen just to see it happen. But I don't know if it would be in Washington or in Seattle. Uh, we can say that Bill Belichick, though, not getting a job after being like who, – who had Bill Belichick getting fired or parting ways, whatever you want to say, getting fired from the Patriots, and then no, and then one team calling him up for two interviews, and they don't hire him. They hire Raheem Morris and not getting a job. That's probably the biggest news of the day, that Bill Belichick is probably going to be on TV next year and maybe doing TV with Tom Brady because Tom Brady's supposed to be going into TV. And if they both get hired, you could have Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick doing TV together. That could be a thing next season of a guy who Tom Brady, whose voice I can't stand and I don't really like right now and I've never really liked, but I know he has a ton of knowledge in his brain and Bill Belichick, who mumbles a lot, but has an insane amount of knowledge in his brain. And if you get them to do, you know, if it, give them a Manning cast, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, the Patriots mind trust, and just watch them both glare at each other because they don't like each other. And Tom Brady's like, well, I remember when I went to Tampa Bay and won a ring and Bill Belichick's like, you ruined the best thing that was happening. Oh, I think that that's the money. That's the money right there. Put Bill Belichick and Tom Brady on a Manning cast-like show. That And then the ratings in New England would be through the roof. It'll be through the roof. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get into more of the text line. Uh, uh, we'll talk about – also, I want to bring up a point, though, uh, about uh, Dan Quinn as well. We'll talk about that in the, in the, uh, in the next segment as well. Text line's open. Whatever you guys want to talk about, 512-447-3776. If you want to talk Texas football, any of the new hirings, uh, any coach hirings, who you think should be hired, uh, put that stuff in there. College basketball, pro basketball, or the poll of the day. Who is your favorite point guard of all time? 512-447-3776. When we come back, we'll hit the text line here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, M1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Cause baby, now we got bad blood. You know it used to be mad love. So take a look what you've done. Cause baby, now we got bad blood. Hey! Now we got problems. And I don't think we can solve them. You made a really deep cut. And baby, now we got bad blood. Hey! Did you have 
Back on the sports complex here on the horn, just giving all you you swift haters out there something to hate on. I know we still got some haters on the text line. I just wanted to give you something to hate on. That we could, you know, I'm not I'm not a swifty either, but I'm not hating. I know I, I, I genuinely not cared one bit when they show her on TV. Uh, but I'd love to do it. That is Blood Donor Appreciation Month. That is what the theme of the week was, playing blood songs all week long. So I just thought I'd throw that in for you haters just to make you punch your, punch your steering wheel a couple times. I did want to bring this up uh, a little bit before I get back to the text line. Uh, an interesting point for Cowboys fans right now, that with two jobs remaining, Dan Quinn still a heavy candidate for both jobs. If Dan Quinn gets the job, then you are now way behind the eight ball trying to hire your new defensive coordinator. You have to go find somebody to install a new play and do whatever you're going to do on the defense. That's, you know, and you could you could try and bring somebody up and promote somebody within, but I don't know if that's going to be, you know, the best solution on for a Mike McCarthy team that he's really, he's on last year of his contract. He may want to bring in somebody to, you know, try and stop the, the leaks in uh, in this defense. So that's one issue. Or if Dan Quinn doesn't get either job and he just rolls back in where you think for the last two years he's definitely gone. Wow, we're lucky he came back. And this year a little bit of like, okay, you know, I think we've seen it. I think we got there. But, you know, some big games, defense didn't show up. Maybe we're okay with you moving on now. And he shows up again. Are you okay with Dan Quinn running it back? What do you do if you're the Cowboys and Dan Quinn just comes back in and goes, I didn't get those jobs. Are you okay with that? Or do you have to then try and make a move or do you do something to get a code EC for him or, or try and bring in some other help? What do you do if you're the Cowboys? If Dan Quinn walks back through that door, just like nothing happened. What do you do then? Just an interesting thought for you. Cowboys fans. You can join in on the text line. And let me know. 512-447-3776. Speaking of, Let's go back to it. <laughs> Texter does still hating, still hating. Appreciate that you're you're true to your roots. You're a hater through and through. Uh, for the uh, poll of the day, if you're on the text line poll of the day, who is your favorite point guard of all time? Uh, TJ Ford got me in love with UT. Yes, TJ Ford was amazing. There's stories that you hear, and then you hear stories that people won't believe what TJ Ford could do. As someone who was growing up watching TJ Ford, uh, right when I was starting to cover basketball and right when I was, you know, coming up and I was playing basketball every day and then I was covering basketball and it was, it, he was something else. TJ Ford was something else. For pro, probably Gilbert Arenas or John Wall. Are you from the Washington area? Because that is the only reason you should like Gilbert Arenas or John Wall is if you're from the Washington area and you saw them for their one and a half good seasons of basketball. Because I, I, I think both of them, I, at least especially Gilbert. Gilbert was one of those guys that was really, he was, you know, that point guard that wasn't, that didn't want to be a point guard. Like he didn't, he would have been fine never passing the basketball. And then just, you know, comes out and says insane things about basketball theory and everything else that, oh, no, no, it should just be street ball. And you're like, well, that never works. Like those teams never win. And you that's why y'all didn't win. You made the playoffs once. I, I just I, I'm not I'm not a huge Gilbert Arenas fan. He could have been fun to watch at points, but I'm not a huge fan of his because he plays losing basketball. That's it's like, oh, that's fun, but it's, you're losing. And, and I just it never got me because he wasn't on my team. I didn't watch him a ton. I didn't have league pass back then either. So I couldn't I couldn't watch him as much as I, you know, watch other guys now. 
Doug says, Chip is speed and hybrid. Quinn is speed and hybrid. Yeah, that is somewhat of, uh, of Chip Kelly. I don't know if he's as much as positionless football as Dan Quinn kind of gets into, but he is very much all about speed. And, you know, you want, you know, and so it is the everyone on the field has to have speed. Uh, so it makes sense in that realm, uh, like that they fit together philosophically in that. But yeah, it would be an interesting pairing, uh, seeing that there seems to be crucial flaws in both of their game plans, that that is an interesting package that those two guys could go somewhere together. Uh, Texture says Kyrie Irving, the handles and layup package is otherworldly. Also the biggest shot in the best finals ever. Kyrie Irving is one of those guys that everything off the court makes you want to hate the guy. And when you watch him on the court, you just, we want to love him. He's, he's so much fun to watch play basketball. He's so good at what he does. Uh, and it's just all the other off the court stuff makes you hate him, but he is so good at what he does. So good at what he does. Uh, Texas favorite point guard, Corey Beck, 1994 NCAA champions. That is, that is, I'm not, I'm not pulling that one. I don't remember no Corey Beck. So you have to remind me more about Corey Beck. Uh, but I, I like that you got one. I like that you got one there. Uh, Texter says, Tony Parker, we need him right now. Go Spurs go Tony. Of course, all time, one of the all time greats. <laughs> and especially if you're a Spurs fan. Uh, what he could do leading that team, how coming in at 19 years old, it's crazy how what Pop put him through and his own mindset on that stuff. Also, texter Greg Roman uh, is a hit thumbs down. Patrick Y, I'm guessing that's for the Taylor Swift. And uh, Al Harris needs to be a replacement. But is Al Harris really going to fix the problems or is Al Harris going to come in and not necessarily? I don't know if Al Harris is the guy when you're trying to win a Super Bowl this season. I think Al Harris should get a job. I think Al Harris has done a great job. But I don't know if you're saying it's kind of like what the Bucks did, but it's your, you're saying, okay, well, let's try out a defensive coordinator. And if it doesn't work, we're just screwed. Season's over before it even gets started because we're giving up 35 points a game because they knew what we were doing. But I, and I don't know. Maybe Al Harris comes in and dominates. Uh, but that's the question you have to ask is he can get the players behind him, but is he going to run Dan Quinn's scheme but not be the innovator of it or does he have his own ideas and that? That's what you have to sit down in a meeting with Al Harris. I like the guy. I'm just not sure he's the guy in a we need to win right now. Uh, you got to give DQ a chance to run it back with Trayvon Diggs. That would help, but if Gilmore's gone, that's the question. If you lose Stephon Gilmore, who was at the end of his contract, having surgery, are you able to bring him back into that lineup uh, is the question there. Isaiah Taylor, another good pull for point guard. I like that one. Nate says, uh, I will go Jason Kidd. I was there for his first home game. The highlight they played on the inside stuff, Doug Smith missed the shot, by the way. Yeah, uh, Jason Kidd is is a heck of a player. He was he was, he was was a lot of fun. But he would also do that thing uh, where he would do the layup off the glass and miss it, and then they would say it was an assist. Always drove me nuts. But, yeah, Jason Kidd, very good. I'm going to go. I like that. I like that poll, Nate. Jason Kidd was really a, a very good point guard. Uh, what was that? The Triple J Ranch with him and Jim Jackson and Jamal Mashburn. But then there was Tony Braxton beef, but that turned out to all kind of not be real. They just didn't like playing with each other because they all wanted to be the guy and none of them were quite like Jason Kidd was good enough to be a guy, but he was the youngest. So they thought, well, screw him. It's our team. And then it's Jim Jackson thought it was his team. Jamal Mashburn thought it was his team. And then Jason Kidd came along and said, let's just win. And they were like, screw you, kid. It's our team. And then they were like, no, but it's my team. And it was, it was, 
And then, yeah, the whole Tony Braxton thing is a different story. But I've, I've read more stuff on that and seen videos on that that basically at the end of the day, Tony Braxton said none of it happened. Uh, and it was, it was all just BS. But uh, that good stuff there. Good stuff there. And Nate also says, Belichick for Cowboys DC. I don't think, I don't think he's going to do that. I will tell you, I do think there is a name, though, Nate. You did remind me of a name that I think that if he does not get a job, would be a top Jerry Jones list of who to call. If he wants to come into coaching and wants to do a defense coordinator, I think Mike Vrabel would be a guy that Jerry would call very easily. And Jerry would say, oh, you know, I know it didn't work out with the Titans, but come back here. We have the defense. We are a launching pad, especially if Dan Quinn gets head coaching job. We can get you the next head coaching job. Come here, win us the Super Bowl this year, and help deal the, help with this defense. I think Mike Vrabel would be an interesting name. Not Bill Belichick, but Mike Vrabel uh, for the Dallas Cowboys if he does not get the Commanders or the Seattle job. Then I think he could. Uh, another vote here for Jason Williams. White Chocolate, always a fun one. I was a big fan of his as well. And he was another one, though, that like later in his career, he understood more of how to be a real point guard. But early in those Sacramento days, it was just they were having a ton of fun, but it just never seemed like he could get it together, especially not on the defensive end. And that was when Mike Bibby came in and, and kind of helped them turn into a better team as an actual team. Favorite point guard, Steve Nash, Jason Williams, and Jason Kidd. That is three good ones, and Steve Nash and Jason Kidd are forever entwined in those trades with the Mavericks. Uh, and, you know, Steve Nash not being there for the championship run, but Jason Kidd's defense is a big part of that. Uh, so, yeah, those guys will always be intertwined, and Jason Williams is just fun to watch. He's just fun. Uh, Todd Day from Arkansas. Love watching him play amazing, even though he was a hog. What years were Todd Day playing? I don't, I'm not pulling that name off the top of my head. But I also was a, I was a big Texas bat. I was an NBA guy. Uh, didn't watch a ton of college. I watched Texas college uh, consistently throughout the years. But I, wouldn't, I would not watch a ton of other college basketball. I would focus on NBA, and then I would do scouting reports uh, getting closer to the draft. But I just wasn't a huge college basketball fan for a long time. I, you know, especially once they took away – you know, people could start going pro and there was a little bit less talent and there was kind of these regimes. Uh, I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of it. TJ Ford will make you a fan of college basketball. Kevin Durant will make you a fan of college basketball. But there were some Rick Barnes years where it kind of drove me out of it. So you have to give me a year on Todd Dodd or Todd Day. Sorry. Robbie Stunt Double, Avery Johnson. You have to love the little general. I, I still love the fact there's a there's a great series of like mini docs on on uh, YouTube called the Ring of the Rowl for uh, Spurs and there's one with Avery Johnson and he got one offer to go play basketball and it was in New Mexico and his parents were very worried because he didn't speak Spanish and that is what they had to say it says true that his parents were worried he can't go to New Mexico he doesn't even speak Spanish how will he be able to get along there in New Mexico. Great stuff. That's how small of a town that Avery Johnson came from in Louisiana uh, to come out. But yeah, Avery Johnson, he's the little general. And I mean, that's a guy who, I mean, built his way back up and, and Greg Popovich found him and he was kind of not in the league. But I mean, coming from nothing, getting no offers, making it to the NBA and then kind of getting boosted out of the NBA to then come back and be an NBA champion, hit a game winning shot to win an NBA championship. Uh, it's just a crazy great story for, uh, for Avery Johnson. 
Oh, forgot about AI. If you count him as a point guard, I've seen him listed as a shooting guard. AI is a shooting guard. They played him with Eric Snow and guys like that at the point guard position, or Daniel Gibson. I think he may have played a couple years with him too. Uh, but no, AI, definitely, definitely a shooting guard because he was never going to be the main distributor. He was never going to bring it up the court and do that, or he was going to guard anybody either. But uh, And I know steals, steals the biggest false metric in, in NBA. Well, he had four steals like because he didn't want to play defense, so he just dove for balls. And if you die for 20 a game, you'll probably get four. Uh, Got to have Muggsy Bogues on the list. Muggsy Bogues, always good. One of the one of the uh, monsters, Muggsy Bogues. And you guys should check out uh, Jamal Mashburn's son. Jamal Mashburn Jr. plays for the University of New Mexico, and he will be better than his dad. I'll have to check out some Jamal Mashburn uh, Jr. I have to check him out as well. Uh, Nate, you liking it? I think you're liking the Mike Vrabel. Uh, my man Chan says, yes, Mike V would be a good coach for the Cowboys or Seahawks. Yeah. And I don't, I, I just don't see, I think Mike Vrabel is too much of a different energy for what the Seahawks want. Cause they basically said, we kind of want to keep the same energy of, of coach. We don't really want to change our culture too much. And I don't know if Mike Vrabel fits that culture, like the Pete Carroll culture. I guess Pete Carroll is much more West coast and Mike Vrabel is much more East coast. And so I don't know if that's if that's the fit. I think the commanders, he could work out there. That would be the one that you have to watch out if he takes that job. But if he doesn't get either one, that's a and I think Jerry has the money, the deep pockets that if Dan Quinn goes to the Seahawks or the Commanders and Mike Vrabel doesn't have a place to go, I, I, I just think that would be a phone call. It's an easy phone call to bring in a guy that Mike McCarthy's not going to deal with too much on that side of the ball anyway. You bring him in and he could be a big piece for you. Uh, we get Chauncey Billups, Derrick Rose, Darren Williams, Tim Hardaway. Uh, was a lot of fun watching growing up. Penny Hardaway, Allen Iverson, Stephon Marbury. Yeah, I mean, I mean, now you're just listing off a bunch of good point guards. But it's, and I again, I will not count Allen Iverson as a point guard. He's a shooting guard. Gary Payton, a yes, the glove, always very good. Eighty-eight to ninety-two. Yeah, that would have been before I was watching much. That would be why I don't remember Todd Day. But I, but. You know what? I appreciate that you uh you still have some love for uh for Todd Day there. We get another Iverson and KJ, Kevin Johnson, another that was a good one. I'm not counting Iverson as a point guard. I'm just not gonna count that's so far. He's just short. He's just shorter. But he was never really because if you put him at point guard, your team was gonna be way worse. Because he was never gonna pass the football, never pass the basketball. He just wasn't going to. So he would just dribble down, going on five on uh, five on one. And while the rest of the team went over and sat on the bench for a break, and then he would come back, they play four on five defense. And I like Iverson. I'm taking hard shots at him. I like Iverson. I just it he he played that style of basketball that when people are like, why didn't he win more? Why couldn't they get people to play with him? You're like, because no one really wanted to play with Iverson. Like, because he was not he was not the most fun guy to play with. Because you know, unless you were his boy and you were going to get set up with it, he won, he needed younger players to play with, and it just didn't quite work out. Lee Mayberry's another name. Magic, it's always been Magic. I like that one too. Magic is always going to be up there. Is one of the best. All right, we got to take our last break. We'll take our last break. We'll come back, try and get any more texts we get. Uh, anything else you all want to put in there, send in the text line, 512-447-3776. We'll get back, hit our last break, come right back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol. The 
cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. All right, wrapping things up here on a Thursday afternoon. Appreciate everybody playing along on the text line today, playing a little poll today. Who is your favorite point guard of all time? Appreciate lots of good answers. Tell me y'all just started naming point guards at the end, though. We started, you know that meme that's going around? It's like, sorry, can't come over. We're just naming random wide receivers in the group chat. I think we just turned into that at the end there, where we're just like, man, do you, I just naming off 18, wider, 18 point guards. Remember those guys? I appreciate it, though. It's fun. I get it. I love doing it, too. It is just a sports thing that we all have that we all just enjoy naming. Man, I remember that and all those memories that pop in your head just saying a name. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, more Texas Rajon Rondo. Enjoyed watching him. He got a bad rap for a long time. He got a bad rap. <laughs> Nate says Pearl Jam like Mookie. Yep, they did. They did, Nate. Uh, uh, says Somebody who played with Todd Day was Oliver Miller, the big O. Yes, I remember the big O. Uh, he was fun to watch, and Todd would feed him the ball in the score. Like that. Eric Snow was point guard, uh, Philly point guard during Iverson's tenure. Jason Williams was fun to watch. Yeah, Eric Snow was the point guard. That's what I was saying earlier. Eric and Magic Johnson, of course, for all the uh, the old heads. Uh, last one, Ty Lawson at UNC. You have to say at UNC because it can't be it can't be pro. It definitely can't be pro. And for the texter, Patrick, nobody cares about basketball. I need to get you all some hater badges on my text line. So I just see it and I know. All right, it's another hater. It's another hater. I just had forty people text me. Telling me their favorite point guards, and you're like, nobody cares. Gotta get you a hater badge too. Jump on board. We'll talk more basketball. We'll talk more football. Conference championships coming up this weekend. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But more NBA and more college as well. Big weekend for Texas going into a big Monday as well. We'll get into all that and a whole lot more. But until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. See you right back here on Monday tomorrow. More of the sports complex. (laughs) 